so there was, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I'm glad you're here to explain more of this data. Where did these excess deaths really come from? Well, Kim, what I like to do as a bit of a thought experiment is to ask people to imagine that there was no virus. I ask them to think about how they would feel if one day the leader of their public health system appeared on the television telling everybody that what they should do is tell sick people to go away until they turn blue and to isolate and drive a narrative of fear into the hearts of elderly people to basically eschew the use of antibiotic, antibiotics when it comes to treating people infected with pneumonias and to otherwise indulge in all manner of public health interventions that had never been contemplated before. And most people who I propose that thought experiment to have no problem whatsoever in telling me that if that public health leader had indeed appeared on television suggesting that strategy in the absence of a virus, there would have been riots on the street. People would have said, thousands will die. Yet that is what we did, not just in the USA, but around the world. We embarked on a program of extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary public health interventions that in normal times we would predict without any sense of doubt would result in waves of mortality. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barco with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson and writing teacher Jessica. We are online at whatsleftpodcast.com. Uh, you can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZDKE on Instagram and just his Twitter handle as at jhomey89. We'll be discussing Twitter files soon. Please subscribe, rate, review, turn on the notifications and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. All right. Um, so we'll be discussing... Twitter files and lab leak um, that has just been been reported on in the news. Right, <laughs> justice for our our uh, listening audiences that has been using quotation marks. Um, uh, I thought we would discuss this these two um, subjects, which are related, because, uh, like I said last week, right <laughs> after our recording that even though this was reported last year on the Twitter files, uh, just a day ago, there was the FBI, there, there was um, in the news, the FBI chief Christopher Wray uh, says, and says that the China lab leak most likely uh, occurred. So I figured because of the censorship that we've discussed on what's left, because of, uh, the COVID uh, narrative and everything related to COVID we've discussed on what's left and and also uh, things that we have suspected on, even on what's left, have come out to be true. I thought we could do our own research into these two topics and and then 
come back and share our, our angle on it. So I thought that would be uh, an interesting topic for this week. I guess I'll start off with the Twitter files. Let's go back in time. Let's go in a timeline. Yeah. So there were these. So so three reporters, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, were or journalists were given access back in December to have access to some of the information that was uh, hidden from the public because. Uh, as it's been now widely known, and I'm here in San Francisco, where Twitter, the headquarters of San Francisco is, um, Elon Musk took over Twitter and decided to uh, share some of the some of the censored or hidden or even uh, undisclosed material from Twitter, which has been completely hypocritical on Twitter's part, having censored other um, or having taken down uh, accounts, for example, from Russian bots or from other uh, people that were spreading fake news or disinformation when there are other uh, uh, accounts that were being uh, disseminating uh, disinformation, I'll just use that word, or trying to uh, influence the narrative in the news in the Middle East, for example, or not even taking down those accounts that were fake and that had connections to the military, as well as uh, censoring or using the algorithms in order for a certain information around COVID not be discussed uh, liberally. And I don't mean liberally like left liberally. I mean openly and transparently or just let people find information on their own without being influenced by algorithms. So that's something that was that we knew Already, we knew there was censorship, and this back and forthy with this lab leak theory. Uh, I'm just using theory for now, but there might be folks that might disagree that it's not. I shouldn't say that. Uh, this back and forthy about no, it's not a lab leak, and Dr. Fauci making sure that that was not allowed to be said, and he, and the rest of the, and, and the, his the scientific community not allowing for that to be said. But there was a consensus, and then suddenly, oh. Suddenly, Dr. Fauci said, well, that might just be a possibility. But finally, it was like, okay, well, we're allowing it. So YouTube went back and forth between censoring us, letting us be on, censoring others, letting the lab leak theory come back on onto YouTube and on Twitter and other social media uh, platforms. And we've always known that there was this, there was this, um, this, uh, this hidden information, right? That there was always half half-truths or lies that were always being published, especially in the media, in the mainstream media. So uh, I thought that now that these reporters, Matt Taibbi and uh, Lee Fang, who lives here in SF and I've met, and I, I personally like him, have a secret crush on him. So I, 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 I was, was um, happy to know that they were being, the, they were the ones being, uh, given these files to be able to share with the public and give also their own take uh, on Substack. The only thing is there are criticisms that I know are valid from other journalists, which is the way that they were given these files. Uh, they were given these files. Uh, they were So the journalists would be requesting certain information and then they'd have to go to a separate room and then get that information and then bring back 
information over. So this is the kind of journalism that I'm not sure if that is kind of, that is what's criticism. I, but I, Jess, go ahead. No, I just have a question. because I feel like I'll have, I have more to say about the alleged lab leak than I do about the Twitter files. But am I incorrect in remembering that the Twitter files weren't, they weren't really filed? Like they were just pretty much screenshots. Is that correct? Well, yeah, they were. Yeah, there were screenshots. There were emails. There were, uh, what else? Uh, I mean, yes, yes. So they there were screenshots as well. Yeah. Because okay. I feel like I've, I've heard, I don't know, just if you're, if you're bringing up like critiques of them and stuff, like, I don't know, there's just questions around like, why these reporters, why were they given over at this time? Especially, I don't know. I, I know, I know more about Matt Taibbi than, is it Lee Fong? Feng. I Feng. think it's Feng. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I feel like he's notoriously like one of these reporters that kind of walks the line between like the contours of allowable conversation, right? And like he got a lot of independent media sort of like street cred for all of this Twitter file stuff. Um, Which reporter are you referring to? Lee Feng? I feel like Taibbi. Oh, Matt Taibbi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like cheering. And I mean, I, I think Matt Taibbi's done some good work. I actually read one of his books ages ago. But um, anyway, just I just wanted to bring up the screenshot thing mainly. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's just... So there were screenshots, I'm not saying yes, like they're the all bullshit. Shit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not saying they're all bullshit and everything. Um, but I don't know. It's just interesting like when you compare it to you know like wikileaks files or some of the other like comparable scandals and leaks and things like that of information um i'm just always a little skeptical glasses on oh sorry dad elbowed my dog okay that's it yeah uh andy did you want to like jessica my things I want to discuss are more the lab leak, but it's related to, so I would actually share the criticism of Matt Taibbi, Alex Bernstein. There's a woman, who's the woman who was used to be for New York times who got some of the stuff. Can't remember her name. Um, All of these people are, I would basically say within the framework of, of, of what's allowable mainstream discourse, Matt Taibbi has stayed very much within the bounds of what can be discussed, um, even though he got canceled or they attempted to cancel him as well. So, but I would, so the people who are criticizing him, who are very much establishment people criticizing him, oh, you're just getting this stuff from, you've, you've, you've kissed up to uh, Elon Musk and now you're, 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 you're that person's lapdog. I actually think that's true. Um, and, but true from the vantage point, not what they're saying, oh, therefore you're, you know, we are credible over there, but, Basically, this is a this is a this is a tennis match played with with it well within the Wimbledon courts, and we need to be outside of the Wimbledon courts to find out what the truth is. So this thing is being played well within those the, the court the courtroom of allowable discussion. So I don't think there's much. First of all, I don't think Matt Taibbi is well. It's, it's it confirms censorship, cool, but secondly, he's getting the very files themselves from people who have gone on and carried on the censorship. So doesn't matter to me. These people aren't really going to tell us the truth. None of them. Well, I, right. Well, I mean, 
But right, that, yeah, I'm just saying that, and that's not the issue. I, for me, lab leak is the thing to discuss because I think there's more to be, but anyway. I think what it does is it's there's already the suspicion on COVID content moderation that we intuitively knew. Uh, of course, right, Hunter Biden's stuff was not allowed to be reported on Twitter. There are lots of uh, uh, fake accounts that were made. These are these these are things that just confirm what we already know, and that's that this just give us evidence what Twitter is doing. Certainly, Facebook is doing. Certainly, uh, Instagram is doing. Certainly, all these other platforms are doing, and the relationship that they had or they have. But I, I don't know. I'm sure Elon Musk will continue. I'm not saying Elon Musk is the savior here or anything. He's done anything. I'm just, you know, what little information has reporters, uh, the relationship that Twitter had with the Pentagon and and the FBI and the way that these social media uh, platforms have been used to uh, influence the public. I think it's important. And it is related, obviously, because there's a relationship to what is being said about the COVID lab leak. These things are obviously the the government is going and these private entities are going back and forth between uh, lab leak, not lab leak, and uh, and 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 censorship, and then suddenly allowing and then protocols and not protocol. These these things, I think, are are obviously. Reasons why uh, we shouldn't. I mean, I, 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 I use this to tell people that this is the reason why these what was being shared on largely in, in in the media isn't something that you can trust, and and you should come to your own conclusions. And that's why we have these important, debatable, and confronting conversations on what's left. That's why you shouldn't just go along with just what the. And for me, it, it serves as something that you know I've said prior. And even with, uh, I forget who we interviewed at this time. What's his name right now? I've said about the consensus. I've discussed the consensus, right? Because the consensus has been used a way to determine that these, that how we shouldn't be. All these scientists are saying something when the consensus around the lab leak theory is something that what people have already determined that there is no evidence that points to the that it leaked from a lab that's what many scientists have pointed out and yet here we have people who have very classified information coming out and assessing and as director of Christopher, Christopher Reyes said the FBI has for some quite now says that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident so I, I, I think that there is this contradicting evidence and therefore we can't just go with the first go on what people are sharing as the truth so anyhow but you want to discuss lab leak and um can i say one funny thing first go ahead go ahead yeah just on the, the subject of um like covid content moderation and twitter psyops and stuff i don't know if it was came out through the twitter files but i know jeremy lafredo reported on um did you guys hear about like the the fake gay covid doctors you know what i'm talking about I was just sure, like, do tell. Like, I'm not even joking. It was like a group of fake accounts that were doctors and they would like enter. I mean, they weren't real people. It was just a, just, you know, fake um, 
curated accounts and they would sort of like pair you know super pro-covid policy paranoia whatever with like lgbtq sort of propaganda were these the doctors that were in front of the court or somewhere no they're not that? real people they're like straight up fake accounts uh-huh uh, I, it just it, it was just like classic like peak liberal like insanity to the point where people were like we're cheering on these like i don't know i i'd have to go back and find the article um but <laughs> honestly it's you can only laugh because it, it would be like you know um you know i'm a doctor and like my my son's gay and he you know came down with covid like just just the weirdest like forced sort of intermeshing between the sort of liberal like lgbtq ukrainian flag pride flag like twitter you know sort of conventions um paired with the covid stuff anyway just never thought i'd read an article about like fake gay doctors on twitter like anyway not not super important but just a funny anecdote of how insane like it's not just censorship it's like just fucking inventions of like fake people and like i don't know how many people were on twitter you know in 2020 and 2021 like cheering on people like this when you're like you're literally cheering on like a bot or a fake account or just straight propaganda yeah andy you 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 were going to say about the lab leak go ahead well i i i am glad you asked me to talk about this because i we like i said I it was I I was initially doing it under protest because I was like this lab leak theory I don't want to talk about it like it's it's it, in a sense I was just dismissing it um, and I think you're going to hear parts of why I was dismissing it but I actually think there is something serious here um, first off I think theory is the right word um, there was a theory that there was a that this there was a theory that there that this pandemic came from a bat or from the wet market in Wuhan. There was a theory that no, it didn't really happen. It came out of a lab in Wuhan, in Wuhan itself. Then I've heard a theory that actually there, it came out of a lab in North Carolina, in the United States. Then you can say there's a theory that there that this virus never was isolated and therefore it doesn't exist. And there's a theory that there is no pandemic whatsoever. There's lots of theories actually. I actually ascribe to the notion. Well, I'll just say currently I ascribe to the notion that there was no pandemic. So why do we why are we talking about a lab leak when there was no pandemic? I think I know why they might be doing that. And I would say that um, it is not necessarily and it is true that there was massive censorship. We experienced it on our on our on our channel um, and we, we never got it for uh, for saying the the thing came from a lab. Other people did that. That's not important. I think we've we've been censored for questioning the, the safety of the of the shots. We've been censured for talking about January 6th and saying that we thought the election might be was stolen in 2020 and that the, the January 6th insurrection was bullshit. And it was it wasn't an insurrection whatsoever. Um, but because a group is censored by the state, that does not mean that that thing that was censored is actually true. I actually think that the way the way I am coming to understand information. And again, I've got Ukraine on my mind. Um, they're fighting in Bakhmut right now. And that is the second front that of defense line that 
the Ukrainians and U.S. set up to fight the Russians in 2016. They set this stuff up 2016, 2017. The first front line has already been overrun by the Russians. The second front line is in Bakhmut. And then there's a, a, a weaker front a front to fight the Russians that goes be, behind it. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a second front that runs just behind Bakhmut. This is why it's an important place. And this is how I believe information works, that the frontline lie was that we ha- we're in a pandemic and it came out of a wet lab in China. Well, they have a second, when that lie is, becomes punctured, they have a second lie they can go back to. And I think this, this is the one they want to go back to. This, this is now the second front of the, of the information war that they're fighting against us to say, oh, well, yes, there was a dangerous pandemic, but it wasn't due to a bat. It was due to it was due to Wuhan. It was due to his lab. It's due to some uh, thing that was released from a lab, and it might be. And I see two things within it. I see the possibility of of the U.S. ruling class fighting over reorienting the battle directly towards China. That particularly comes out of a, a particular branch of the Republican wing that is trying to say no. We are we have fucked it by by starting this war in Ukraine. Now we've got to get back to China and fighting a war with them. And secondly, I actually think it allows them to continue to say that there were 1 million people killed in the United States from a pandemic, 7 million people killed worldwide, and say, but this was not from Wuhan, this was done by this biological thing that was a lie made up, you know, by the Democrats and by Fauci, and we're going to hold those people responsible, you know, mess with them, and then this whole thing will be pushed aside. So for me, I just feel like we're, we're dealing with another lie again. and. Um, and I don't think, not that we shouldn't discuss it. I actually think we should discuss it, but I think we, we have to figure out how to deal with this, in my opinion, this, um, this distraction or rather this head fake that they're putting on us by directing us from Wuhan lab. I mean, from a wet market to lab leak, because I actually think following that road doesn't get us to understanding what's really going on. Oh, can I just maybe maybe I'll just use a visual aid to kind of say what I mean? Yeah. All right. And then then Jessica, you should come in because I think here's all I mean. I I don't I talk about Ukraine because that's what's on my mind all the time. But I it's helping me analogize what is really going on for me, at least. Uh, let me find this right here. This is the first line that was that was built to fight the United States. And that has been penetrated by the Russians. Here is the Bakhmut line right here. And when that one goes down, there's only there's a third line that they've already built as a defense. I'm just saying that here was the here is the first line lie that they have for us, which is that came from a wet market. Well, when that thing collapses or for when they need to, they can always fall back to a second line lie. And it's no more true than the other one, but it allows them to basically, uh, you know, amass their forces, defend themselves and then do a counteroffensive, an ideological counteroffensive from that point. Basically saying that a pandemic does exist. One million people in the United States did die. Um, and that's the analogy I'm drawing out. In, in the same way that, the, that you can have like a physical war where lines are built as, as parts of defense. And when the first line goes down, you need to build a second line just in case. This is how I think information is working with our ruling class and with the ruling class in general. Is They had a first line lie. Now we've come to the second line lie. And it doesn't help us necessarily to adopt it sorry what's going to be the third line on that picture for 
<laughs> I think they keep, they'll, I mean, they, they, and they can redirect, they can bring, they can make the front somewhere else as well. I, I personally just don't, I, the thing is, I actually think there's, it makes more sense to me that there was no pandemic. The, the way this thing spread, it didn't spread. It, it seemed to be isolated. You could better understand where people died by the politics of those regions than by the, the spread of, and, and really how that got treated, whether it was in Italy, whether it was in New York, things like that. And so I don't think this is best understood as, a, as dealing with a pandemic from a Wuhan lab or from a, uh, I mean, from a wet market or from a, from a lab, because I don't think we experienced a pandemic. I think we experienced a political attack based on, I think the deaths and all the things were a result of the political decisions made by leaders um, around hospitals, around the economy. That was the biggest reason for it was, was because the economy was tanking and they needed to bring the economy down and then inject trillions of dollars of cash directly into Black Rocks and Vanguard's uh, coffers so that they could then kind of re reorganize the economy on a new basis and as well as do a digital transformation of the world. So that was what, it's the fourth industrial revolution stuff. So that was what it was. So it wasn't a pandemic. I agree. I don't think that's a theory though. Like I think, I mean, I feel like that's been pretty substantially proven. Like there's, I agree with your, you know, you kind of outlined like, okay, some people have this theory that whatever, if COVID is real, that it emerged from a wet market. Some people think it leaked from a lab, like whoopsie daisy. Some people think it was purposefully leaked as in is a bioweapon. Some people don't think that it, it exists at all. And all of those are theories, I agree. But I think the fact that there was no pandemic, I don't, I feel like that has been very robustly demonstrated. I mean, we know that the PCR test was completely unreliable. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like I need to go through all the, the reasons that there was no pandemic. I feel like we did a good job of that in 2020 and 2021. But um, yeah. And I, I like, yeah, it's interesting. Like you're thinking about the sort of parallels or like Ukraine as a metaphor. I've been thinking a lot about 9-11 parallels, especially just seeing like all the infighting over these different theories of like, no, it, lab theory, like it was a bioweapon and, and the no virus people get mad because that, you know, and it's like all this fracturing within... I don't know the resistance if there is such a thing. Uh but I agree with you. I there was no pandemic. Um that's for sure. So Yeah, I mean honestly, I think the whole seeding of to use Andy's metaphor, the second line it, it's honestly pushing me further toward the there was no virus at all. I mean, I've never dismissed that completely. I don't know. I've always um, been open to that idea. I'm not necessarily like a full, like, I don't believe viruses exist at all person. Give me a year. Maybe I'll get there. Um, I think like, like for instance, when we had Tom on like his work, I think, for example, really, really, 
um, successfully demonstrates that the whole field of virology is pretty much fraught with pseudoscience and is um, yeah, a bunch of BS. But in terms of like COVID specifically, I don't know. I just like, I guess one of the, one of the counter arguments that I've heard is, or that I'm kind of gathering is like, okay, if there was no such thing as COVID and this is just like a computer, you know, invention, and then obviously they used the propaganda campaign and they used the PCR test and they used a giant psyop, right, to get people to believe that there was this threat of a pandemic, which they have, I mean, there's, there's high up people in the U.S. government and like health services, right, who said like, we, we like documented, said we don't need to even have a virus to do like what we want to do. We just need the threat of it. So it's not at all beyond the realms of possibility when you look at like all of the 4IR, all of, all of the like goals that they have wanted to accomplish, like whether on a global scale or U.S. government, NIH, DOD, you know, but um, I don't know. I do have questions about like, what were they doing with all this gain of function shit? Like if it, there is no virus, like, and if viruses don't exist in general, um, is that all just smokescreen? Maybe. I mean, if all of virology is bullshit, then maybe. But it, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of funding specifically from our government going into, you know, Wuhan specifically. And, you know, since we're talking about lab leak theories and then the Fort Dietrich stuff has always kind of interested me. Um, the vaping illness in 2019 that everybody kind of forgot about and swept under the rug. Like, what was that? But again, like flu, you know, flu disappeared and they used a fake test. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I don't know, kind of like leaning that way. I guess the other thing I wanted to say is I just happened to see on, not that I like routinely read the New York times, but I did happen to see this morning, like they had, you know, their whole like spread on now both us political parties, um, like are open to the idea that COVID may have come from a lab, may have leaked from a lab. And like they did their whole thing. Um, and at the end of it, let me find it actually accurate. Yeah. Okay. So like the last, like, you know, they had like, Q&A sort of style breakdown and the last question was will we ever know the origin probably not pinning down the origin of a virus is inherently difficult China has made the task harder blocking outside investigations and refusing to share data on the virus's spread but the investigations including the houses have already spurred discussion and debate about better tracking of animal viruses and improving lab security those steps could help save lives, even if we never know what really caused the COVID pandemic. Uh, assigning blame is not going to bring back 7 million people. <laughs> it's like, are you even fucking journalists? Like, what are you? 
do some fucking investigation. Like, well, we'll never know. You know, uh, it's just bizarre. And I, yeah, I was thinking like, I don't know, like, like when, when it kind of became mainstream to admit that weapons of mass destruction were total BS. And then it was like, okay, now we need a second line. Why are we here? Why have we invaded another country? Why are we not backtracking? Um, so yeah, lots of 9-11 parallels for sure that I'm thinking about. Hmm. I, we're just not going to have this episode up. I could just, just, I wanted to say that first before I say the next thing. The episode's not going to be up. Not because I don't want to, just because I know saying there was no pandemic from both of you, it's now Oh, like Over. it's gonna YouTube's gonna. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're not. You're not gonna take. I was it like, down. what did I say to oh, oh no, 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 no. It's I not see, me. Yeah. I just. But there wasn't. <laughs> I mean. Here we go. Mortality rate so, change. At this, at this point, it doesn't matter what we say after this, this part here, because. We can just blah, blah, blah it and just know it's just going to take it down. That's well, it'll go on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. We'll have it up. I'm just, I'm just saying the obvious now. Back to um, um, analysis, discussion, um, our discussion topic, our topic of discussion. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, 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 what did you before I, I, I go on, Andy? What did you mean by saying that you could see the mortality death or the mortality of deaths were by political? Just, just expand on that before I go, go on another point. So, um, well, like by region, you said. Yeah, I mean, by basically the decisions made by politicians, and generally, like in our country, like blue state politicians, what they were going to do to, um to quote, deal with the pandemic. And uh, the less you did, the more people survived, quote, survived from things, you know. Um, and in terms of this excess death stuff, and I, I don't even know if I don't believe the way that these deaths are counted in the first place, but I'll just right. say in terms of how they count these things. Um, and so the, I think people were killed by, I mean, this there's a person who Kim Iverson um, interviewed. So I'm just quoting him when I say this. Uh, Nick Hudson from Pan Data, who basically questions the excess death this, uh, stuff said about COVID or around the pandemic, um, and he basically said, "What do you think? If if you make people, if if you create without without talking about ventilators or remdesivir or things like that." If you make people very afraid, like terrified, and you isolate them, what do you think that's going to do to the elderly population that happens to be frail, the ones with comorbidities? If you make them really fearful and really isolated, you think they'll more likely die or live in, in that state. And it's it's like literally the opposite of the uh, the placebo effect, the no placebo, the nocebo, I think it's called. You are you are spiking people's heart with stuff that will make them tend, particularly if they're in a weak state, 
to die. And I do feel like that's, by and large, even if you didn't talk about various other things that they might have done, um, and I'm not even talking about the vax at this point, but we're just talking about those early, uh, the, or the shot, I think that that's a pretty good ex description of why people might have died. And that that has nothing to do with something spreading biologically. That That's spread politically. All right. But you're you're not saying though that COVID does not exist. You're saying the pandemic. I was first. I will say this: I definitely don't believe there was a pandemic. Um, right. Secondly, I am increasingly questioning, and I'm worried, like with Jeff now, whether or not, like I <laughs> I hear all the stuff that he's said about they never isolated the things like that, and like Jessica. Tom's discussion here has made me question science's ability to be trusted in relationship to describing or connecting these sicknesses, these illnesses, to genetic material that's moving between people. And, and for me, I don't even, I go to when I think about what's just happened in East Palestine and all these dioxins, dioxins put in the air, I think there's tons of shit being put out there that's going to make people sick. Well, and Wuhan specifically had horrible, horrible air quality, as did Northern Italy, which were the first two, like, front lines, right? So, anyway, side note. And 5G was put in operation right then at that point in time. And, you know, the, they had weird shit going on, like people falling, like, collapsing, and their vi videos of that. I don't even know what that's about. That's, the, like, am I supposed to trust? I don't trust the U.S. government. Why Do I trust the Chinese state to tell the truth? No, none of these, all of them are doing this lying game to their own people and to everyone else. So, and it all just happens to fall in line at the perfect time when we finally are like a digital enough society that all the schools could go online. They can implement all of this 4IR, SDG crap exactly when they plan to. Yeah. yeah. I, and I just want to reiterate, I don't know, I said this, but I, I think I said it in a confusing way. Like, I don't think you even necessarily have to be like a viruses don't exist person to entertain the possibility that co the COVID virus doesn't, potentially doesn't exist. I will say I am more convinced that the idea that the thing that's making people sick is, is DNA, pieces of DNA or RNA going in between people. And then that, that thing is what's making people sick in all these instances. I have deep questions about that. Like, I think that the genetic determinism that's under, underwrites that you should, you should be able to have really deep questions about the complexity of biological systems. Um, not just being able to like little pieces of DNA will, will just flip a switch for you. I think there's enough evidence of that for me to question the idea that, Oh, they, they instead of and, and and Tom kind of put it out there, how many times when it was something else that was making people sick were they able to go to this? Oh, it's not what the society is doing or this company is doing or the state is doing. It's this little piece of uh, DNA or RNA that's spreading around that's creating it. And if we can just chase that thing down, then we'll we'll solve the problem. That's a head fake. I want to do an episode on Germanic new medicine. Side note, but just the question of like what makes people sick, especially in light of like all this fighting and it's all like germ theory versus terrain theory, and I don't know. I just I guess I'm I'm pissing off everyone because I'm like I believe in 
elements of terrain theory. I believe in elements of GNM and I don't 100% dismiss germ theory. Although I do think the whole field of virology is pretty much built on pseudoscience. Well, I, I, I'm not going to dismiss or discount COVID. I do believe that there are biological weapons that are being used and the potential leaks, whether this is perfect timing or not, or whether, you know, it just, to me, that it was overhyped. And there was, a, I don't want to say there was no pandemic, the way you said it. <laughs> there was uh, overhyped uh, and suppression of discussion of what this was, what COVID was, and what also um, how to even have alternative views on it, uh, as we have seen when there were um, suppressed views by Twitter, many from doctors and scientific experts that conflicted with the official positions at the White House. Uh, that's from an installment on the Twitter thread from the COVID moderation on David Zweig, I think it is, uh, Z-W-E-I-G, last name, sorry. Uh, so uh, I do think that there is something, there was something that happened, but not to the, not to, not, not, not necessary, not, 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 it wasn't necessary to have this, this, this dramatic uh, uh, lockdowns as we did. But what makes uh, you think that, like, I mean, I agree with you. Something happened. Yeah, that's what I like. Mean. As in, like, our entire, you know, entire portions of the globe were forcibly shut down and people were instilled with fear and people were pumped full of drugs, shoved on respirators, forced into isolation, abandoned, uh, forced to live in an environment of fear, blah, 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 forced into poverty. What makes you think that, like, that wasn't the something that happened? I'm just kind of. Partly playing devil's advocate, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like I had a weird flu that felt like nothing I had ever had before in December of 2020. But like, maybe it was the flu, which supposedly disappeared for two years. I don't uh, know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think we have to be. I've heard a lot of people like, but but I had this thing, and it's like, well, yeah. How can you extrapolate that? I'm like, I'm not saying lived experience doesn't matter, but how can you extrapolate that to like a global pandemic, given all of this stuff that was implemented? I do think that there, there I, 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 I believe more likely there was some we've had so many experiments done and chemicals used and we don't know what but i believe there there was a leak i i personally believe it's hard for me to say that now because i'm gonna be but there there was i i agree that there's something but there the and the i don't know if i got your question correct but if they if, the, if i got it if they're the, the decisions and the policies that were made to 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 deal with this leak, I think that those were obviously uh, used. I'm not sure if the leak was 
was on purpose or by accident. That's the part where I'm, I'm, I don't have a definite position on, but if, if it was an up, if it was leaked, however it was uh, on purpose or not, there, this was snatched to use to, 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 to move us forward with this digital world. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if I, if I answered that just kind of a little bit like, unsure if I answered that question but th that's all I think there was whereas I don't know if both of you agree with that I think what I maybe not ready to say is there was no pandemic and the reason why I say there's no pandemic it's because or we're not ready to say it the way that both of you have said it is because it spread something happened but how we deal with any sort of um, uh, contagion is is going to now, from now on forward, going to be used in the same way because we allowed it. And I believe that we should not allow it. These are not things that we should do as working people, as the working class, because then it's going to be moving us forward with the next thing on their agenda. Right. When I say there, I mean the government's agenda to move us forward with like the digital ID, move us into the virtual space, all of that that we already discussed, or even get us to be more complacent, be more complicit, be more, uh, uh, how do you say, a, a sheep like. So I, I think that that's what we need to resist. But there are going to be many uh, diseases, many sicknesses because of our environment, because of what's going on. And it could be that, yeah, they're, they're, they're they're, they're, it's exasperated by what we already have in our environment anyhow. Uh, but we shouldn't contend with death. There's going to be death because of how unhealthily our, our society is. And, uh, and that should not be any reason for why we should move forward with policies that are going to restrict our movement or restrict our speech or restrict our way of living. Yeah, that's hard. No one wants to hear anyone say just okay just accept death you know i'm i i don't think that death is easy for me to say just accept death but that's but but to do this to 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 give up our liberties to give up our freedom it is has is it's going to be enslavement and i'd rather pre me i'd rather die than be enslaved i'd rather be like okay it's gonna i have to have covid or if I'm going to be by something stronger than COVID, I'd rather die. I'd rather die, me. I'd rather die than uh, be taken care of by some biological warfare or something. You know, that's hard. Oh, I'm I'm struggling, stumbling here because I'm. I don't want to speak as freely as both of you are, and I want to find the right language. So I'm going to majorly edit this. Oh, well, God. you can edit it, but I feel like you should leave the part in about death because I actually feel like that's a major key. I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, it's a very human thing to struggle with accepting your own mortality. But to me, I think that was almost part of the propaganda because having like people in the west right are not necessarily used to being bombarded with news headlines and family discussions about 
the possibility that they might die, regardless of whether it's from a fake virus or being hit by a bus or old age or whatever, right? Um, so, I mean, to me, that's like when we think about sort of broader generational and like collective healing, I actually think that's a really important part of it is like actually learning to accept our own mortality. I mean, that gets a little bit more existential from the conversation we've been having. Um, But I mean, globally, mortality rates did not go up, you know, and look at places like Africa. And I mean, I'm just, again, like I, I am open to being convinced that it was a bioweapon, like you're saying, some kind. Um, And I'm, I'm also, you know, open to the idea that it, it's just all a, a complete psyop and it, and there was no COVID-19, but um, the, the whole like spread, I think that's the word that you use, like something spread is spread. Yeah. Like, did it, I mean, did it any more than the flu spreads every year? I just think we were, we were just being bombarded with like this propaganda campaign. Right. And the whole the whole thing with the spread was like the whole myth that it was propagated based on was asymptomatic spread, which is not really a thing. Like it's not it's not something that we had ever um, entertained, at least not on this scale before. And I could sit here right now, based on my sense of confidence, that you know, like, well, I think I think there was no, or I'm pretty clear, and I could sit here and try to like fire at you why you might be right wrong or blah 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 that is not meaningful like uh-huh. all i'm saying is here's my biggest reason for feeling now confident that it was not a pandemic is because i'm seeing the ruling class that i know like i go back to william casey's fbi statement in 1980 what is it 1981 uh we will know our disinformation program is complete when the when everything the American public believes is a lie, this same CIA, this same FBI, this same ruling class right now is landing right on top of this question of lab leak and just gobbling it up and talking about it right in front of me. So I I said like I just like you're lying to me. I just go you're lying to me. So there's something else going on here. That's how I approach it, and. So that's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced I'm being lied to right now by them, not you, because you're 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 struggling with this honestly in front of us. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like oh, it's a bipartisan consensus. I'm like oh, they're really fucking lying. <laughs> right, right. And so, so that's my. But then I have to say, well, then what is really happening? And um, I I go back and go, well, I think what really what the real story is is the fact that. This pandemic was necessary, was was necessary because it was necessary to get to that next level of data collection, was necessary to bring in vaccines, would bring in uh, uh, which would really bring in the basis for passports being used at every level of society. It, 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 it was necessary for this control network and control grid that's coming down. Or were there other ways to get there? Possibly. But this apparently is the way that. So the pandemic was necessary but not because a virus, in my opinion, not because a virus got loose or was let loose from a lab. It was politically necessary 
to achieve these other aims. And that's what's really, to me, that's what's being hidden under behind this lab leak theory. It's, that it's, it's acting like what we are dealing with is either an accidental biological thing or an intentional biological thing when neither of those things is what we're dealing with. Um, and I think the effect it has, it, I mean, and I kind of, not what I'm saying, you're getting there, Eduardo, but I think the effect it has is somebody who was completely like, oh, these, these politicians are lying. Now what you can do is you can bring those people who recognize politicians are lying and say, hey, wait a second. Some of these politicians are talking about lab leak. Maybe those politicians are ones I can trust. And then it starts to bring a whole section of people who are skeptical back in line. And again, this is where the, the, the information war is played. You know, you, we, initially we were battling. Initially, my head was I was battling your head. Well, now I'm not battling it anymore because now I've got a section of my people whether it's Jim Jordan or whatever kind of person, uh, Rand Paul, a section of people who are now credibly on your side, get behind them and we'll take you to the promised land. And uh, neither, that's not going to happen. Like those people, those minds are being recollected back underneath the uh, fealty to the state. Yeah, I feel like they, I mean, they always seed part of the argument or part of the narrative late, but like when it becomes convenient for them and to the degree that it becomes convenient for them. Like take any major psyop, like they, they do that. The ruling class. Right. And all I can say is that's how I see it right now. I feel, I feel confident about it because it feels right. But again, I can't act like I know all the information about all these different things we've discussed. I, I know some information about some of these things and I'm, I'm piecing it together in the same way that you're piecing it together, Eduardo. It's just, this is what makes the most sense given the fact that I have now become convinced that William Casey was not exaggerating. He was telling the truth about the nature of the state. They, they really are trying to get everything we believe to be a lie and they feel like, and that's the basis of their control over us or part of the basis of their control. What do you guys think about well, the like? Because I feel like this relates to what you're saying, Andy, about kind of like recapturing like a part of the resistance or like the COVID critical portion of the population. Um, like again, I'm just thinking about like all of the infighting with 9/11 truthers of like you know you had the like no planes people, and then you had the like all of this sort of fracturing. And I mean, obviously, there's many different reasons why it is still considered a conspiracy theory to say that the official narrative was a lie for 9-11. But I think, I mean, I think that fracturing was one reason. Um, it's been like two decades and we still, you know, it's still crazy to question it. So they, they succeeded, right? Like in that, that disinformation campaign in that instance. And I just see like, I don't know. I just see a lot of people going at each other over that, like, you know, some of the differences of opinion, even within a uh, consensus that they're lying to us. Like the official narrative is not the whole story and it's not correct. Should I respond to that question? If you want, yeah. Oh, well. I mean, 
<laughs> love. Um, I what I guess what I would say is that the the work the working class movement in this country has been abysmal for decades, and well before well before nine eleven. And we were fooled into thinking, oh, there's this movement around WTO. And I think we were fooled into thinking Occupy represented something like a giant. And I have to go back to India, you know, like India, like last year when the farmers were taking down, like there to me is like, okay, something's going on there. You know, we haven't had anything like that in this country in, in my lifetime, almost, you know, maybe the last time you can say was, was, you guess you could say Black Panther Party, things like that, where there was organized forces of people who are saying, we're going to take on the state and we're going to take down the state. A, rev- a real revolutionary push, unfortunately, that was not capable of actually going the full direction. That, that situation has not existed for a long time. So this fracturing has been here for, for decades. And I think the notion that we unite people in ideas is, over, is overestimated. I think we unite people in action and we'll need to understand that there's going to be differences of ideas within that action. And the, the, the lack of action from the working class in fighting for itself and being complete and largely being dependent on Democratic Party, Republican Party, or various PSYOP socialist groups like I was part of, like which is, as far as I'm concerned at this point, might have just might have just as easily been controlled by the FBI. All those things mean we are all dependent. And we and there's nothing independent that the state has had to face. Um, and there's nothing independent that we've been able to be part of in action, not in just in, in, in thought. And so, frankly, I know I can organize, me and Eduardo can sit here and talk for days, Lab League, no Lab League, it's a society. But I know I can I can organize with Eduardo and we can fight. And if I was with him in a school, I would be working with him to see if we can occupy that school. Whether he believes Lab League or not, whether I believe Lab League or not, because it's it's about us knowing we're in a common fight. Um, now, if I saw that- not the, enough of that. Well, and there's been none of that collectively in this country. So there's no basis for solidarity. And I believe the basis for solidarity doesn't come actually. I think it follows ideologically, but it's led in action, not in in mind. It's pretty, I mean, not to be like nationalistic or whatever, but like, it's pretty embarrassing. Like Canada's trucker revolution was a hell of a lot more successful than anything in the United States. Fucking Canadians were more revolutionary. That was that. That was a big deal, and they 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 took a they paid a heavy price for for doing that. It scared it scared the U.S. ruling class enough to say, "Canada, you got to take care of this." I feel like there's there's there is so there is so much flexibility within the, the working class movement to accept various different ideas and discuss them and debate them. That I don't. I think the real problem has been we we're just shattered as a as a collective movement to physically challenge them in anything and and so our ideas people get this notion of like well that's the wrong idea this is the right idea and that infighting is just a, a reflection of the of people's despair over at doing something together title for the episode fuck the lab leak do something <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Eduardo. No, I I agree with you on that one. That is something I'm struggling with. 
And I, I see it where being someone who is at my job, at my job, at my school, where uh, most of the parents there are talking about two things I disagree with, more English being taught in their, their, the classrooms, which I think that they don't understand how that works because they're obviously newcomers and you know, first and second gen third generation folks want more Spanish, so there's this debate. And two, uh, there is a current discussion about what's okay to discuss in an elementary school about, um, there's a discussion around homosexuality, LGBT stuff. I mean, the way that I would discuss it is very differently from how I see these woke teachers discuss it. I discuss things as just, I discuss things in, in terms of consent and healthy touch and being aware that you are developing. And I don't discuss identities much. I've always done that. And I think I've always left that to people. I mean, they're kids. I've always left that to kids. But I also don't push straight ideology either. I don't say, well, you know, think about that. You might like a girl one day. That I don't do that either. I just let kids figure it out on their own. But these woke teachers, they're trying to create LGBT, a straight alliances, clubs and stuff like that. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is the parents are pushing back against that. And I'm feeling if only they knew, I mean, they could, they could find my name. They'll know. <laughs> uh, if only they knew that I'm, you know, myself, I, I, if I had to choose one label, if I said many times, I'll just choose pansexual. If only they knew that I, I'm myself. I'm, I, 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 I have been in relationships with men and women and how would they feel about that? So this idea thing that you're talking about, Andy, circling back to that, that's what I'm trying to get at is something I'm dealing with. I, I don't, I know that there's some homophobia that is discussed and I'm still going to work with these families to this action and the ideas will be in that, you know? Um, I think well, if they only do. Like, sorry, Edward. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, isn't, isn't that kind of part of like the, like, like successful spreading of a virus the past couple of years is to like get people to think that like words and ideas are dangerous. Right. And that like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know therefore you know if you if you don't reflect my ideology then you're not just wrong but like i can't be around you sort of contagion so i feel like there's a parallel there with that becoming more i mean not that it didn't exist before obviously there was you know all kinds of stuff but i feel like it's just so much more intense in the culture now yeah so, yeah, it is intense, and I guess I got really present to what I'm facing at school. Just, it's a little hard for me. But what I guess what I want to take from my personal experience in what we're saying is, I I do believe in working with people who might differ than me. Back to this topic. Uh so yeah, so uniting around action versus ideas, it's hitting home, and it's a little hard. And I'm just sharing that it's it's confronting. It's very confronting. But I'm glad you said that, Andy, 
whether we settle this lab leak or not. Um, I don't think it'll be determined in this episode. We'll see as time comes by and and, and things unfold. I, I'm I'm glad we had this episode. I'm also appreciative of this discussion, whether we agree with it or not. I I'm I'm looking forward to. I think we'll revisit this subject again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great summary, honestly, Edward. Yeah. All right. Well, this that does it for this week's episode. <clears throat> What's Left is a weekly political pod- podcast that channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review. <clears throat> Turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Teacher, Google Play, BitChute, obviously YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find uh, our blog and any of those links in the episode notes where you found this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Jessica and Andy Lipson, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you. Ciao.